Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindful meditation and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about the full moon, which will occur February 19th and be exactly full at 10.53 a.m. at 0 degrees, 42 minutes in the sign of Virgo, the goddess best known for her connection to the earth and the harvest. Let's get started off with The Grain by Black Oak, and we'll be back with the rest of the show.
This full moon is also known as the snow moon in Native American cultures, and it's the culmination of the energy that was born of the new moon in Virgo, which occurred six months ago. It's no coincidence that the goddess of the harvest is what sustains us through the dark, long, cold winter nights. This full moon is also a supermoon. So what does that mean? Maybe you listened to the last full moon episode, which was that exciting extra special super blood wolf moon eclipse in the sign of Leo. Leave it to Leos to show off, by the way. (laughs) Um, But in case you missed it, a super moon is when the moon is at its closest point to the earth on its path of travel. And this makes the moon appear extra super bright to us from our perspective here on earth. So let's go ahead and start off with what full moons are good for energetically. Full moons present excellent energy for celebrations, parties, as well as gratitude rituals and road opening ceremonies. A combined gratitude ritual with a follow-on road opening ceremony can be particularly effective at removing obstacles while honoring and speaking aloud what it is you're grateful for, so that you are acknowledging your existing gifts and making room for more growth. Remember, the universe won't want to give you anything unless you're already grateful for what it is that you possess already. It's all relative. The beggar may be more grateful with less than a millionaire, but gratitude is gratitude no matter the source. I think maybe that's why so many find ostentatious displays of wealth as wasteful and suspicious. Grandiose displays of wealth pale in comparison to small, thoughtful gestures. How often have you smiled at the thought of a small, simple gift someone has given you? Maybe it was a simple toy car or just a little love note that didn't cost more than the paper it was written on. It's the sentimental energy behind the action that has value and meaning and maintains that energy in its physical form. All of the roses in the world can't buy genuine affection and it's worth more than diamonds and gold and far more rare. The moon in Virgo is an affectionate energy, but it can be difficult to satisfy. Virgo is a notoriously picky sign. However, when you're being hosted by a Virgo, you can safely bet that whatever they do for you on your behalf will be thoughtful and thorough. My grandma Dorothy is a Virgo, and I feel like her nachos are pretty much the most Virgo thing in the world, maybe ever. Most people just take tortilla chips and make some maybe ground beef or chicken and put some beans on top of that and cover that with a little bit of pico and some cheese and bake until the cheese is nice and melted. That's nachos, right? Well, not according to Grandma Dorothy. (laughs) Um, Grandma Dorothy nachos are a thing of nacho legend. She takes every single chip and spreads it with an even layer of refried beans, jalapeno, cheese, and pico de gallo. Because she knows I'm vegetarian, she doesn't even ask if I want meat. She just knows. Then she takes them and bakes them until the cheese is all nice and melted. Then she dollops each with the perfect amount of sour cream on top so the aspect ratio of hot to cool temps is optimal. Each chip is in fact a master chip. Such is the thoughtful love and devotion of Virgo energy. Being on the receiving end of Virgo energy can be a lovely thing. However, trying to please this energy can be really challenging. So I suggest keeping it simple and doing something really thoughtful and small that they might not do for themselves. The Virgo full moon energy can really give us the kick we need to go over the details of our life with a fine-tooth comb. This is excellent energy for celebrating all you've accomplished since the new moon in Virgo six months ago, and it's also a great time to tidy up loose ends. 
that involve a lot of details like taxes or other such things that really require attention to detail but are winding down versus ramping up. The sign of Virgo is equated with the harvest. So think back to last fall when you were planting all those seeds of intention during the new moon in the sign of Virgo and see what it is that's now blossoming in your life. Or maybe you've been living off the fruits of past labors, similar to how we live off stores of grains or canned goods in the wintertime, but they're all fruits from the harvest back in the fall. Let's go over the details of the sign of Virgo to get some insight on why it behaves the way it does so we can learn to work with it more harmoniously. Virgo is a mutable sign and it's the sixth sign of the zodiac and the second sign in the earth triad between Taurus and Capricorn. It's ruled by Mercury and by the way, those with Mercury and the sign of Virgo make excellent editors as their attention to detail is unparalleled. It's represented by the Virgin or Maiden in the constellation of Virgo, and its ruling star is Spica, which roughly translates or means ear of grain and relates to the harvest season. Spica is actually two stars spinning really quickly around each other, completing a rotation once every four Earth days, and as such, they're pretty much indistinguishable from each other when viewed from a telescope here on Earth and it aids in its overall perceived brightness. It's actually thought that Spica's brightness, along with Leo's ruling star Regulus, made it possible to discover the procession of the equinoxes back in 140 BCE, which is one of the undergirding principles of astrology and astronomy. Let's go over the mythology behind Virgo to see what it is that makes it tick. There are many goddesses associated with the sign of Virgo. In the Babylonian era, at about 10th century BCE, part of the constellation was known as the furrow, representing the goddess Shala and her ear of grain. The ancient Egyptians identified Virgo with the goddess Isis and saw the star Spica as Isis's lute bearer. They also knew the star by a different name, which was Repa, meaning the Lord. Romans identified Virgo with the goddess Ceres, but today I'm going to focus on the story of Astorea. Astorea was the ancient Greek goddess of the starry night. She was also the daughter of Dusk and Eos, the titan and goddess of the dawn. I think it's interesting and worth pointing out that it was two inherently female deities that brought to life the beauty of the stars in the form of the virgin goddess, according to the Greeks. Unlike other goddesses in mythology, Astorea was born of purity one of the titans and the last goddesses who had walked the earth with men. She is the goddess of justice, purity, innocence, and precision. According to the Greek poet Ovid, Astria lived on earth until she fled from the new evils that man was concocting during the Iron Age. She made her homes in the heavens in the constellation of Virgo, but it is prophesied that one day she will return. It's this act of flight from Earth by Astorea that's been said to have inspired Virgo's classic tendency of being picky. The Earth was no longer suitable to the goddess, so she packed her bags and went elsewhere. This is actually a very practical action. Would you stay on living somewhere that was the equivalent of a leaky shack? In the eyes of a goddess, of course. Hell no, you would head towards your mansion in the sky and hope to return when the property had been suitably renovated. She's not going to live somewhere that's less than perfect. She is a goddess after all, so why should she have anything less than perfection? Let's go into the high vibes and low vibes of Virgo. So on the high vibe side, we have an incredibly diligent worker capable craftsmen, the energy of discernment, real go-getters, goal-setters, highly analytical, and capable 
of solving the most complex problems with those brains, highly intelligent individual thinkers, and they would much rather come to their own conclusion about something after doing exhaustive research than relying on passive gossip or even intuition. They want hard facts to go off of. On the low side, they can be overly critical and they might get caught up in the details and miss the bigger picture. They can be a little bit neurotic or anxious and actually very emotional, but reluctant to share those true feelings. They aim for perfection even when it's not possible, and as a result, can be easily overwhelmed by anything that doesn't live up to their high standards. We're going to take a quick music break. This is Perfection Through Silence by Finch. We'll be right back with the rest of the show.
I just have a couple quick plugs today. Uh, sign up for the newsletter, which you can do at bloodmoonmilk.com, as well as book one-on-one astrology readings, and also follow us on Instagram at bloodmoonmilk, where you'll find daily illustrated horoscopes done by me. And uh, the next event on the calendar is the Astrology for the Solstice at Minka in Brooklyn, New York on the summer solstice. Also, this is a full moon episode. So as usual, there is an interview segment that follows on to this episode. And this guest this month is our very own Adam McIntyre, who is the invisible editor extraordinaire behind the show these days. So be sure to tune into that to get a better feel and vibe about who else is working on Blood Moon Milk these days. All right, let's get back into the rest of the show. Let's go ahead and talk about the other stuff going on in the sky during this full moon, which will add a little bit more interest and mix to this energy than just the energy of the moon itself. So the sun is going to be opposite the moon, which is pretty common during full moons. It's actually almost always going to be the case. It just really means that it's the sun is really going to be having an impact on our emotions during this time so that whatever we're feeling internally is going to be on full display externally. The sun will be sextile Mars, which means that there's going to be an energy of quick advantage and new opportunities that are going to be popping up. And you got to hop on that energy when it arrives because it won't last for long. Mars is a pretty fast moving planet. So when it's sextile the sun, it can influence your position in in society. And um, the sun's also sextile Uranus. So this can be kind of difficult, um, but this can be kind of getting in our way of really taking advantage of whatever opportunities pop up. But if you're learning to take advantage of whatever comes your way, learn to kind of roll with the punches because Uranus is that planet of unpredictability and quick changes of direction, um, you're going to be in a much better position to take advantage of that Mars energy. This is going to be a little bit at odds with the moon in Virgo because Virgo is not particularly spontaneous, so it can actually feel kind of uncomfortable to have this Uranus energy sextile the the sun. Um, What that means is that we're just going to be slightly reluctant to take advantage of whatever changes are happening, but if you can get past that and embrace the change, you really have a cool opportunity for something new and different to uh, to maybe change your focus a little bit. Maybe a different career opportunity will open up. It just kind of depends on what's going on in your life and your particular natal chart. But these are the overall planetary influences that'll be happening that day on the new moon. The moon is going to be trine Mars, so that's actually going to help us again with taking advantage of new opportunities. Um, When the moon is trine Mars, this kind of indicates a really strong and vivacious energy surrounding vitality. Um, And also, the air of competition isn't going to be super intense. So whatever is coming up, it's going to feel a little bit faded unless like you had to really fight for it. So I suggest, I predict rather that Uranus might be throwing a curveball, but if you can 
kind of swing with those punches and get over your fear of change, you have a really, really good opportunity to make some positive steps forward. This moon is also trying Uranus. So your emotional faculties are going to be somewhat uh, in sync subconsciously with whatever changes are going on during this period of time. Um, Mercury is also going to be in Pisces. And what happens uh, with Mercury and Pisces is that your dreams are influencing the way you communicate. So this could really be a beautiful time for transforming those dreams into real action. But don't expect it to be straightforward. It's probably going to be much more likely that this transformation kind of comes unexpectedly. Let's talk about what Mercury is doing during this full moon It has a lot of aspects because it moves really quickly, but Mercury is the planet of communication. And so the way that these opportunities might be coming to us will be flavored by Mercury. Mercury is going to be in Pisces, which is the planet of dreams and the highest vibing uh, water sign. And Mercury will be sextile Venus, square Jupiter, sextile Saturn, and conjunct Neptune. And what does all of that stuff mean? So Mercury being sextile Venus indicates that there's going to be a lot of mentally alert and sociable energy around, but being square Jupiter, there might be a lot of sort of meaningless details and bad memories kind of abounding during social interactions. So good luck isn't going to be coming from social interactions during this time. However, since Mercury sextile Saturn, this means that opportunities will allow people to demonstrate or make use of technical skills. And so Think about that a little bit during this full moon. Think about how you can show off what it is that you're really good at in a tangible way and maybe not be so socially chatty. Focus on demonstrating your prowess through actual practice. During this full moon, consider showing off your abilities through actual practice instead of talking a big talk. Remember, talk's cheap. It's much more impressive to see somebody perform well and say nothing than it is to see someone talk about a big game and then not be able to perform at all. And lastly, but definitely not least, Mercury is conjunct Neptune during this full moon. And this kind of indicates a bit of a difficulty in oftentimes being a little disconnected from reality. However, you can also have super insightful and almost prophetic intuition during this time. What I'm saying is it's easy to get a little bit floaty, but pay attention to whatever insights kind of bubble up. Venus and Capricorn isn't particularly spontaneous. They like really down to earth and thoughtful displays of affection, and they like seeing displays of affection in a really tangible nature. They'd like to be able to hold a physical object and say, so-and-so gave this to me, and it brings up good thoughts. They have kind of a cautious nature, and so you might feel a little bit more reluctant than usual to get involved with a new relationship, or just you might not feel super comfortable making any big, bold moves. Um, But this is a good time to think through all the details of stuff because Venus and Capricorn is excellent at highlighting the details of your love life. So what's Venus doing during this full moon? Venus is going to be conjunct Saturn, sextile Neptune, and conjunct Pluto. Venus sextile Neptune can make us really sensitive, but also really intuitive and psychic about whatever it is that's going on in our love life. So pay attention to those intuitive flashes during this time. You might 
feel something before anyone actually says anything. Venus conjunct Pluto kind of implies that there's a strong, passionate nature running through the air, and it can be kind of intense if you focus on it. There's also a possibility for jealousy or even possessiveness in romantic relationships during this time. So try to be a little extra sensitive if that's something that you know that your lover or your relationship is prone to. So I mentioned Mars a little bit earlier, but what is Mars up to during this full moon? Mars is currently in Taurus, which is a very down-to-earth sign. It doesn't like to waste its time or efforts. It kind of focuses its energy on getting stuff done that's very thorough and earthly in nature. Um, it also likes to spend time and amass material wealth as as part of its efforts. Um so Mars is going to be conjunct Uranus during this full moon. And this can be kind of, again, like I mentioned earlier, can be a little unpredictable. Um, but if you're able to roll with the punches, I think that you're going to be able to make big strides in whatever opportunities come your way. You're just not going to see them coming. But when they show up, just be ready for them. Jupiter is going to be square Neptune right now, and Jupiter is in Sag pretty much the whole year. Um, and it's a slower transiting planet, but Neptune square Jupiter uh, is kind of a weird transit. Uh, there's an emphasis placed on things that are false. Um, think like pop art, uh, anything that's manufactured to look like real nature but isn't. So be aware for things that are masquerading as something that they're not. Um, be on the lookout for a, an air of fraudulence uh, popping up in your life because it can happen and things will intentionally look like they are made to be one thing when they're not. Saturn is in Capricorn all year, and Saturn's going to be sextile Neptune. And this is a, again, it's a slower moving transit, um, but this is a transformative, a transformative transit. Um, it usually means that things that are happening in terms of what is the structure of our daily lives and society are developed for a thoughtfulness with tradition and the assumptions and the foundations of society. This is a longer term transit. And I think you'll see stuff like this in the changing of Congress and changes that are made to affect society as a whole versus um, your personal life. So those are the highlights of the major transits during this full moon. This certainly doesn't cover all of the planets and all of their aspects, but um, I wanted to focus on one transit in particular that I think has been causing a lot of ruffled feathers recently. So, and that's Chiron. Chiron is an asteroid and it's changing direction or it's changing signs from Pisces into Aries. And whenever uh, a planet, or in this case, an asteroid changes signs, things are extra, extra intense while that's happening. And Aries is the planet of action. So, um, and Chiron is represented to us as a counterpart to Sagittarius, which uh, it's 
it's a centaur that's also very well it's very wise and it has the energy of the wounded healer so what's happening right now is all these old deep dark wounds that we've been kind of hiding are being brought out into the open and they're getting a new opportunity to heal correctly however this means that in order to have those wounds healed, they're getting ripped open and cleaned up and then kind of re-sutured. It's not a particularly pleasant process, but hopefully the work is worth it in the long run. Um, and right before Chiron changes signs, it was in a yod, which is a formation also known as the finger of God. And so whatever transformation is coming up, whatever themes are coming up in your life that are just kind of feeling completely overwhelming. Um, if you use this energy constructively, I think you're going to be in a much better place, but it's no means an easy transit or is it fun? You're just, you're just going to have to wallow in it a little bit, lick your wounds and recognize this as an opportunity for healing. And then hopefully you'll be able to move forward a little bit lighter and more carefree in the long run. We're going to take a quick music break and we'll be back with chakras, crystals, and questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. This is Old Wounds by John Moreland. i 
about chakras. The root chakra is connected to earth elements and it helps to ground us. And Virgo is an earth sign, so staying grounded is important so to not get overwhelmed. The themes of the root chakra works on are our basic survival needs. Security, safety, even things like food, sleep, shelter, self-preservation, physical vitality, identity with your physical self, support, and all the things that are our true foundations for living in this material plane of existence. When your root chakra is blocked or unbalanced, it can cause an excess in anxiety, negativity, and even hypercritical experiences. And also, it can cause eating disorders. When everything else seems overwhelming, you know, I mean, it's one thing that people say is that they try to control the one thing again, which is their body and what they put into it. So it makes sense, right? In the worst case scenario, it can cause people to make fear-based decisions. And ultimately, this is a self-defeating cycle that just keeps people from leveling up over and over and over again. So during this full moon's meditation, focus on your root chakra and work on balancing that energy. Crystals that help with that uh, are black tourmaline and bloodstone. They're particularly powerful allies for grounding and clearing root chakra blockages. I love black tourmaline. It's one of my favorite stones. It acts like a vacuum for negative energy, and it really does kind of create this invisible fence that is protective of you. I've spoken about it in more depth before, so let's talk about bloodstone in a little bit more detail today. However, I highly recommend working with black tourmaline during the full moon if you can, in addition to bloodstone. Bloodstone is great at clearing the aura of blockages and helps to simulate energy to the root chakra, increasing vitality, and it also helps to lift the mood simultaneously. It's a powerful asset to help connect with the Earth's elemental energies that Virgo is so in tune with. Ancient Greeks often wore bloodstone amulets during athletic competitions to help boost their endurance and increase their physical strength. Before we move into our final questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation, I just have a little thing to say about manifestation in general. Manifestation can be all kinds of things, but ultimately you can't sit there and do nothing and just expect things to fall in your lap perfectly. You also have to do the real work to level up whatever skills it is that you have in order to get what it is that you want to accomplish accomplished. Virgo energy is an excellent ally for helping to form an analytical approach to any goals that you want to accomplish. Then also, sometimes it's just a matter of timing and things falling into place. A couple of years ago, before I started the Blood Moon Milk journey, I was inspired to do something kind of random. I wanted to make an emoji. Um, yeah, like those little icons on your phone. Yep, one of those. Specifically, I wanted to make a flamingo emoji. So I drew up some art, and I petitioned the Unicode Consortium, which is the governing body who actually decides what emojis exist on phones. And, I mean, I uh, designed a prototype emoji and submitted everything back in 2017. It wasn't until two years later when Unicode 
just this year, very, very recently announced the new emojis for 2019 that uh, I finally saw my work come to fruition in the form of, yep, you guessed it, a flamingo emoji. There wasn't any huge fanfare or, and no, I definitely won't be getting paid for it, but I know that I spent the time submitting it and the art is really similar to what I proposed and it's going to be on every single phone in the world. Honestly, I even kind of forgot that I submitted the proposal, but now every time I see a flamingo emoji for the rest of my life, I'm going to be reminded and inspired by what can be accomplished when you put in the work and allow the universe to work its magic on your behalf. I also hope that in some small way it inspires you too. So for our mindfulness meditation for manifestation, always start from a place of gratitude and count your blessings. The key themes of Virgo to guide your meditation are patience, purity of intent, thoughtful communication, and attention to detail. Ask yourself, what messages am I receiving from my body and my environment right now? Does my root chakra have any message for me about my environment? Purity is a key theme for Virgo. Is there anything I need to detox from my life? This might be a bad habit or even a person who doesn't vibe with your highest and best interest. Think about sending thank you letters of gratitude to those you really love and appreciate. Don't ask for anything in return. Just let them know how much you care. Spend some time in nature. Focus on the minute details of the flowers and even the pine cones around you. See how their uniformity creates a bigger pattern. Step back and think how you yourself might be part of a pattern and a detail in a bigger picture you can't even imagine. That's it for this episode of Blood Moon Milk. This is Oingo Boingo with Gratitude playing us out. Blood Moon Milk is written by me, Aurora, and edited by Adam McIntyre. Thanks for listening. Tornado on the tip of everyone's tongue. On the day of the giant.